Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Today's message is called The Supernatural Helper, Friend, and Guide. My message today is about the Holy Spirit. And we've been in a series called Supernatural as a church for a while, and we're looking at the fact that not only is God supernatural, not only did Jesus come and display the nature of the Father 2,000 years ago as God in a bod, right? As God walking among us, God in the flesh, demonstrating what the kingdom of heaven looked like. But then Jesus, after dying and rising again, ascending to the Father, sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and continued to send the Holy Spirit and is continuing to send the Holy Spirit and even now is sending the Holy Spirit upon this room and upon our gathering. For, for all that time, the Holy Spirit has been sent to us. Why? So we could continue the mission of Jesus and bring the good news of Jesus and all that He is and all that He's done to the earth because every man, woman, child, every nation, tribe, tongue, everybody needs to know about Jesus Christ. Amen? How many of you actually believe that? How many of you just raising your hand because you think that's what you're supposed to do? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't raise your hand. Okay. So my key text for this uh, particular series starts with Mark chapter 16, verse 20. Look at it with me. It says, And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that the disciples listened to what Jesus had to say. Jesus told them to go and make disciples, go into the world and to preach the gospel. And they went, they obeyed. And as they went, God met them because they were doing what He told them to do. They went out and they preached, and as they preached, the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said with miraculous signs. He showed the world that when they preached about His Son Jesus, the resurrected one, that the very power of that resurrection was with them, and they demonstrated the life of the resurrection as they proclaimed the resurrected one. Amen? Because the Lord works through His people by the supernatural Holy Spirit. The miracles and the signs that confirm God's Word are from the Holy Spirit's power. Today we're going to learn about our helper, our friend, and our guide, the supernatural Holy Spirit. And so my first point, if you're taking notes, if you're a note taker, though I've noticed that it doesn't seem like many people are note takers anymore, it's kind of a bummer. But anyway, if you're taking notes, here's the first point. The Holy Spirit is your supernatural helper and friend. Look at John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Let me give you a little bit of context here. This is an incredible private time that Jesus had with His disciples. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to die for their sins. And before He does, He does what many of us would do, right? If you knew if you're sitting in a hospital bed or you're at home and you're in your last days... You know, most people are going to want the people they love around them. And as they gather the people they love around them, they're going to tell them the important stuff. Sometimes they're going to share about their past. They're going to let them know about their own legacy. They're going to want to pass something on to them. Sometimes they're going to gather them around and and they're going to give them important instructions. They're going to say things like, hey, Johnny and Bobby, you guys quit fighting. 
You need to reconcile and make things right. I don't want to go to my grave knowing you guys are fighting with each other, right? You over here, you need to make sure you don't fight over this inheritance. I've written you all into the will, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? He, you're going to tell them the important things. And that's what Jesus did. He gathered around his disciples. He's getting ready to go to the cross. He knows what awaits him. And he gives them the important instructions. And for several chapters in John, starting in the 13th chapter and moving on for several chapters, Jesus instructs them on the really important things. He makes them ready for his death and for his resurrection and for the days that will follow. Of course, as usual, they're clueless. They don't understand at all what's about to happen. But he knows that later they will. And here in the 14th chapter, he introduces the subject of the helper, the comforter, the teacher. And we we see that here in verse 16. He says, and I will ask the Father, again, we see the beauty of the Trinity here, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Did you catch that? Because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So there's a lot there to unpack, and we're going to start by unpacking it right now. And here's the first thing I want you to notice, is that Jesus said, the Father will give you another helper. Now, the first word I want to look at there is another. It's a Greek word that denotes another of the same kind. Christ promised to send another comforter. Jesus promised to send another helper like Himself, another of the same kind. That's really important because, you know, Jesus is there with them. He's been teaching them. They've been together for three, three and a half years. They have listened to the most profound teaching in human history. They've listened to teaching on ethics and morality that are unapproachable. Nobody's ever touched that depth before. They've watched this man raise dead people. They've watched this man multiply fish and loaves so that 5,000 one time and 4,000 another time can be fed. They've watched dead men come out of tombs. They've seen over and over again the lepers touched and cleansed. They've watched sinners who are rejected culturally and hated by the religious community be embraced and loved and forgiven and reconciled and made a part of the community. They've observed over and over as Jesus, the pure and perfect picture of what the Father is like, has demonstrated to them what heaven looks like when it invades planet earth. He's been showing them this and taking them through this. And he says, listen, now I'm going to go away. And as I go away, I'm going to give you another one like me, of the same quality, of the same character. And the beautiful thing is this other one's never going to leave you. How many of you are glad he never leaves us? Amen. And then the word helper. It's a hard word to translate. It's one of the reasons why your different Bible translations have different words. Some of you have counselor, some of you have comforter, some of you have helper, some of you have teacher. And it's because the word parakletos is very hard to find an English equivalent for. So we have to use multiple words to find that English equivalent. But the word means one who comes alongside to encourage, to be 
your aid, your help, your strength, one who comes alongside to speak life into you, to lift you up. The word para, alongside, kletos, to, to speak encouragement. So this one who comes alongside you is going to speak and help and plead for you. The word means an intercessor, intercessor, excuse me, an advocate, a comforter, one summoned to come to your side to help you, one who pleads your case before a judge, one who is a counselor for defense, a legal assistant, an advocate, one who helps you do what you cannot do by yourself, one who helps you do what you cannot do by yourself. One who helps you do what you cannot do by yourself. Is it getting in yet? Okay. Just wanted to make sure. So he's going to give another like you who's going to help you be able to do what you can't do yourself. Now, what are some, I guess you could say, um, contemporary matches for that word? How about a coach, right? A coach, a personal trainer. I like the idea of a spotter who actually does the heavy lifting. I, I did have an illustration I was going to do, and I just couldn't get the stuff together, Drew, but I wanted to put a weight bench up here, uh, uh, a, a bench press. I wanted to put about 350, 400 pounds on it. I wanted to lay down on the bench press, and, th- and this is the idea, okay? And I was going to have Drew, who lifts a lot, and I was going to have Noah, our youth pastor, the big guy who did the dunking and he's big, I was going to have the two of them be my spotters. And then I was going to show you that there is absolutely no way that I'm going to lift 350 or 400 pounds. And I was going to strain a bit at the bar, let my face turn red, and you'd get the full effect. But I wanted you to see, I'm going to give it my effort. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to do it because that's you know, what I'm supposed to do, as it were. But I would have them then actually do the lifting. And as we worked the three of us together, we would get that way going, right? And that's what the helper does. He comes alongside and he does the heavy lifting, right? It's not that we're passive. We don't do anything. That's the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel is the partnership that we have with God, right? It's, we know that it's actually God doing all the lifting. It's actually the power of the Holy Spirit doing all the work in other people's lives. Listen, I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. I can't heal anybody. You can't heal anybody. I don't have any power inherent in me of of myself, neither do you. But when the Holy Spirit fills a person, overflows a person, is actively at work in a person's life, they'll be able to accomplish things they could never do in a million years on their own. Amen? I had a dear lady, I'm just going to tell you her testimony right now. I asked her to write it for me, and I'll read it probably in the weeks ahead. But she came up after the service. She used to be a part of our church a long time ago, and she moved away. She lives in Florida. She's retired, and she was always very quiet, very introverted, never felt like she really had anything to offer. And her and her husband came here, and they got their lives absolutely rocked. I remember her husband was a hardened man, hardened man who'd never been to church, never believed in God, and he would sit back there in the corner, and every Sunday he would just weep. The Holy Spirit would come on me. He would just cry. He would sit over there and just cry the whole service. And over a couple of years, I watched his hard exterior become softened, and he started to genuinely care for people. And he, he felt he knew he was forgiven, and he was beloved, and he was in the kingdom, and he was part of the family of God. And it was beautiful, beautiful to watch. But his wife, you know, she wasn't really outgoing. She didn't do much. And she came up after the service today, and she said this. She said, you know, Pastor Doug, I just want to tell you something. I live in Florida now. And a few years ago, the Lord told me to begin a ministry to widows. 
And she says, I don't talk to people. I don't go anywhere. And now I travel all over to other churches, and I'm doing ministry to over 100 widows right now. And I was like, seriously? And she said, I wanted to encourage you because it was here in this place that I learned that the Holy Spirit could do things through me I could never do by myself. Come on. Jesus, yeah, come on. Now, the other um, illustration I want to show you today is just a simple one, but, but I, 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 really, I think this is a really important point as we move on in this teaching on the Holy Spirit to point out, and that, that is that many of you in this room probably have a good theology of the Holy Spirit. You believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. You believe the Holy Spirit should be in your life. You, you would never doubt that, but you don't like craziness, right? You're a little bit afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets a little, he's a little too wild for you sometimes. And so you have your Holy Spirit theology wrapped up in a nice little package. And it's very safe. It's very careful. And, but yet you don't find that you have power in your life. And, and it's kind of like Alka-Seltzer. You know, if you've ever dropped Alka-Seltzer in water, you know that it can be powerful stuff. But if it's in the package and you put it in the water, it doesn't do anything. Isn't that weird? It's not doing anything. There's no power there. And, and that's what many times we do. We, we, you know, we think the Holy Spirit uses other people powerfully. Or the Holy Spirit is... I, I like the idea of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Some of you grew up in churches with very little Holy Spirit background, and, and so the Holy Spirit's kind of threatening to you a little bit. You, you hear about those weird Pentecostal and charismatic churches, and you're like, yeah, that's yeah, not for me. You know, I don't, the, the tongue stuff, the prophecy, the praying for healing, that kind of stuff's not for me. It's fun to watch, but I don't want to be a part of it, right? And, and so you have a nice packaged theology of Holy Spirit, but then... Some of you, you've, you've learned that, man, you've got to tear that package apart, and you've got to let the Holy Spirit work, right? And when you, when you, oh, there's another one. This is the double anointing here. <laughs> Golly, double anointing doesn't want to come out. Okay, here we go. Boom! <laughs> Boom! Okay, that's what happens. The Holy Spirit bubbles up, flows out of your life, begins to affect and touch people and make people feel better, Right? That's what it does. Makes people, the Holy Spirit makes people feel better when we get Him out of our little safe packages and we let Him do His work. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's continue. We've heard so far that the Father will give another helper, one like Jesus, who comes alongside to be our helper. Secondly, to be with you forever. Whoa, got kind of loud there for a second. <laughs> to be with you forever. You know, have you ever noticed that friends and lovers always make forever promises. Isn't it interesting that God has put something into human nature that when you love somebody, when you genuinely love somebody, you want to be in a covenant commitment with them. And you say things like, I'll love you forever. I'll, I'll be with you forever. I'll never leave you. You say those things in the moment of your love. Good, good tight friends, you know, blood brothers as it were. I got your back. I'll be with you. We're friends forever. Anybody touches you, I'm there, right? We say those kinds of things. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's saying, listen, I'm going to send you one like me with the same character and nature as I have, and he's going to be with you forever because my Father's love and my love is committed to you forever. And we have the power to hold on to you and never let you go, right? In this case, our advocate, counselor, comforter, intercessor will literally 
be with us forever. And then Jesus calls the Holy Spirit something interesting. He calls Him, not it. Remember this, the Holy Spirit's not just some kind of energy or influence. The Holy Spirit is a person, right? So He calls Him the Spirit of truth. This counselor, this advocate, this helper, this teacher, this one who comes along beside us to tell us and lead us, always leads us toward the truth. He will not deceive. He will not do bait and switch. You know what bait and switch is? When a salesperson gets you in the door with something that's you know a good low price and then immediately moves you to the next thing that's better or the highest price thing, it's bait and switch, right? You, you click on something uh, on the internet and you think you're getting this and instead you get this, right? That's bait and switch. The Holy Spirit doesn't engage in bait and switch tactics. He won't lead you into error or heresy. He won't lead you into sin or evil. He'll lead you to Jesus because Jesus is the personification and the embodiment of what truth is, right? So if you're hungry for truth, you genuinely want to know what truth is, the Holy Spirit will not lead you astray. By the way, let me just address something here. I heard years ago, I was a new Christian. I was very, you know, um, able to be influenced. I heard a preacher say, you don't want too much of the Holy Spirit or you'll blow up. You don't want too much of the Word and theology or you'll dry up. But if you put the Word and the Spirit together, you'll grow up. And at the time, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then, of course, as I grew in my knowledge and understanding of the Bible, I came to understand that that was terrible theology and terrible doctrine. As though the Spirit and the Word are opposed to one another, and they have to hold each other in balance. Never let somebody tell you that the Word and the Spirit balance each other. No, they do not. If you're getting true theology, true doctrine, if you're hungry for the Word of God, it's not going to dry you up. It's going to light a fire in you. If you're getting full of the Holy Spirit, it's not going to lead you away from the truth of Scripture. You can never be too dry in the Word and too on fire in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't going to lead you to do stuff that's against the Bible, and the Bible's not going to lead you to do stuff that's against the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit always agree. They're partners. They're married. In fact, the Trinity is made up of Jesus, who is the Word, Logos, and the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos. They are one. Amen. So the Holy Spirit will always lead you to Jesus. Then listen to what Jesus says. He says, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. And this word world doesn't mean the globe, it doesn't mean the terra firma, the ground, it doesn't mean the earth, it means the systems and the people under the power of those systems. It means the systems of our age that are opposed to God and His ways. And by the way, it's not right or left, conservative or liberal. All the systems of this age are opposed ultimately to God, right? The spirit of truth is different from being conservative or liberal. The spirit of truth is truth, stands on his own, doesn't bow to any ideology, philosophy, or political stand. Amen. So the spirit of truth, will, the, whom the world cannot receive because the world is in rebellion to him, um, and, and, and then Jesus says this, the world neither sees him, that means it cannot observe or take notice of the Holy Spirit, his works, his words or his movements, and they don't know him. The world is not aware of, cannot recognize, or cannot perceive the Holy Spirit and his evidence everywhere. And this is really important because 
All of us in this room, listen carefully to what I'm about to say, are the recipients of levels and volumes of information that no other generation in human history has ever experienced. We are being constantly inundated with a flood on our devices, on our televisions, in our culture, everywhere you go, screens and music and everything is just feeding us, putting into us the ideologies, the philosophies, the thinking of this present age, trying to conform us to the spirit of the age that we live in. And believe you me, it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum that you are on, that stuff is just out to get your money, to market to you, to get you angry and upset and, and really agitated so that you'll continue to watch. And when those advertisers come on that keep those news programs going, they'll continue, you'll continue to feed the fire. But the reality is, if you live on that, you're going to have a poison spring. You're not going to have any true life in you because the only one who can really life you is the Holy Spirit. And the world doesn't know what's going on with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, there is another network. The Holy Spirit network is at work in our world. And I'm going to tell you, God is doing greater things right now in this time in history than ever before. But if you listen to the age that you live in, you'll believe the lie that it's worse than it's ever been. This is the darkest hour. Everything's worse than it could ever be. This is terrible. And yeah, it is. There's a lot of darkness out there. But let me say this, that's not the whole story. And if that's all you're tuning into is the darkness and you're full of fear and agitation and anger and you find yourself really critical of other people constantly, you are drinking from the wrong well and it's time that you went back to the Holy Ghost well. Am I talking to anybody? I'm serious. It's my biggest concern for the age that we live in because there's another story that's not being told on television, very little on the internet, and that is that the Holy Spirit is moving like a wave in the nations. And people all over this globe are coming to Christ, being healed, being restored. Missionaries are being sent out. People are being lit on fire by God. And that's the reality. That's the true story. The world neither sees him nor knows him, but he says, you know him. I love that. You know him. Those who are children of God will recognize, perceive, and be aware of the presence, power, ministry, and person of the Holy Spirit. We can know him intimately and be aware of his constant activity. And then Jesus says, he dwells with you. I love that dwells, lives with you. He dwells with us as the one who is alongside us, guarding us, encouraging us, and guiding us. Can you say something with me? God is with me. Say it again. God is with me. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, God is always with you. Now, in a minute, I'm going to say something that might mess up some of your theology. Some of you believe it, but I don't know the way I hear Christians talk sometimes. I don't know how many of us believe it. And then Jesus says something profound. He takes it to another level. He says, he will be in you. There's with and in. Not one or the other, with and in. That's profound. He is in you. The, the part of this promise is even better. He's not only beside you, encouraging you all along the way, but he's actually within you and it, within you with his hand on the rudder of your life. He is within you to conform you to the image of Jesus, and he never leaves even when you sin. 
Uh-oh. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He never leaves even when you sin. Let me tell you one of the things that I see that saddens me. This is really terrible theology. People teach that you can grieve the Holy Spirit away from your life. So can you imagine this? This is, this is, the, this is the theology that we believe. We believe that we ask the Lord to forgive us and to come into our life and fill us and baptize us with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit moves in and cleanses and empowers us. And then we sin and He moves out. And then we say, God, forgive me, and He moves back in. And then we, we get up and we're going on and we're trying to walk holy in holiness, walk right before God, but we, we trip, we stumble, we fall, we sin. Maybe we do it blatantly, and the Holy Spirit moves out again. And He's moving in and He's moving out and He's moving in and He's moving out. And that's what we believe. And if he's moved out when, he, when Jesus comes back, then you're going to hell. That's terrible theology. Can't be found anywhere in the Bible. Here's what the Bible actually teaches. The Holy Spirit indwells you, lives in you, is, is one with your spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he's actively at work in you, pleading the cause of God with you when you sin, grieving inside of you, moving you toward repentance and confession so that you'll be cleansed and washed, but he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He doesn't move out. You can't grieve him away. Yes, you could grieve him, but not away. He doesn't abandon the house he moves into. He moves in to renovate, to change, and he's going to take you until you're perfect, and he's never going to let you go. Oh, man, why is it that time? (laughs) Quickly, my second point, I'm going to go through it quickly. The Holy Spirit is your supernatural guide into God's will. This is, I'll I'll do this first and go through these points quickly. John 16, 13, look at this with me, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you things that are to come. I don't know about you, but that's so comforting to me. The first thing, the Spirit of truth will guide you into all the truth. We already talked about that, but in the time that we live, this is why we so desperately need the Holy Spirit, because there lies lies, lies. I remember when I was in high school, there was a song, uh, a new wave song, lies, 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 yeah. Anybody remember that song? It's okay. I'm not suggesting you go look it up. But that's kind of the age we live in. We live in an age of lies. And so if if we're not tuned into the Holy Spirit, if we don't have the Holy Spirit actively at work in our life and we're not being filled on a regular basis and, and trusting Him and looking into the Scripture with the Holy Spirit's guidance, there are so many lies out there that will captivate us and pull us away from And what's the goal? Ultimately, to pull us away from the love of God and the love of neighbor. Listen, if you find that the stuff that you're watching and listening to is causing you to hate your neighbor and to not love God and His Word and to be close to Him and you don't have any care for people but you begin to see everybody out there as an enemy, I'm telling you, you're not, you're, you're not listening to Jesus. You're not listening to the gospel. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the fruit. I'm telling you, look at it. If you're, if you're not able to love your neighbor more and love God more and that's not where your energies are going... What you are imbibing is not from God. That's an easy test. It's not from God. If you find you're more suspicious and cynical and angry about your neighbors and people out there that aren't like you than you've ever been before, and everybody's suspect, 
and that's the way you look at the world, you have not taken the Spirit of Christ that is a different spirit. It's not the Spirit of the Lord. And if you find that you don't love God more passionately, then that should be fruit. That should be the evidence that what you're imbibing is not the new wine of the Holy Spirit, but it's another intoxicating spirit that's evil. Just saying. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay. See, he'll guide you into all the truth. Listen carefully to this. Truth is not just the right doctrine, but it's the right behavior, right character, right practice. It's Jesus. See, quickly, there are two camps a lot of times in the body of Christ. There's the orthodoxy camp and there's the orthopraxy camp. You're saying, what is that? Orthodoxy is right belief and right teaching, doctrine and theology. Orthopraxy is right practice, living right. There are some people who are really, you have to believe everything just right, and you check all the boxes, and as long as you check all the boxes and your doctrine and your theology is all right, you're in. But they can be total jerks and not act like Jesus at all. And then you have the people over here, the orthopraxy, they're all about, no, it's the way you live, and it's how you treat your neighbor, and it's your actions, but their theology's really bad, and they're saying things about God that are deceptive and aren't right. And those two camps oppose each other, and what I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit will always lead you to where those two ideas will come together, and where you'll have an integrated life where you not only believe correctly, but you live correctly, where your character, your behavior, and your theology is growing. And it's, by the way, it's growing. Listen, none of us ever arrive. I'm probably believing some things right now that are in error, and so are you, because I have a lot of growing to do. I haven't arrived. I don't have it all figured out. I, there's some things I don't believe that I used to believe 15 years ago, and now I'm like, dude, what was that? I don't go back and listen to my preaching from 20 years ago. I'd be too embarrassed. I'd label that guy a heretic and tell somebody to burn him at the stake. No, just kidding. So you grow, you change, and we have to give each other room to grow and change. Amen. Doug, shut up and wrap this up. Okay. He'll not speak on his own authority, but he'll speak what he hears. The Holy Spirit is always going to tell us what the Father and the Son are saying. He's not going to be out there doing his own thing. The Holy Spirit is integrated with the Father and the Son and is always going to tell us what the Father and the Son are saying and doing. And he will declare to you things to come. The Holy Spirit will even show us things to come for the purpose of guiding us into his plan and helping us do his will. At certain times, he'll give us prophetic insights into our futures and into the future. Listen, it's really beautiful and comforting to know that God can prepare you for tomorrow. Have you ever had a sense of something from the Lord and it turned out to be right about something that was going to happen tomorrow or next year? Or now? Anybody ever been there and it turned out right? That was the beautiful Holy Spirit, your friend, the one who leads you and guides you into all the truth, showing you things to come so you could prepare your life. And that's what He does for us because He's the best. Amen? And He's here among us right now, the teacher, the illuminator, right, the guide. He's here among us right now. In fact, He's more than among us. If you're his follower, he's within you, and he never leaves you, and he never forsakes you. Why don't you stand with me? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you, and give you peace. The Lord be with you. God loves you. Go with God. He goes with you. God bless you all.